Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. Um, I began last week by sharing with you that I feel like the enemy has infiltrated the church. He's infiltrated the church with a lie. And that lie is that if we're struggling, if we're in the middle of a battle, that God must not be in that. That when God is leading and God is guiding and God is directing, that things just fall into place. But we don't see that throughout the lives of all the the saints in Scripture. And we know that Jesus says to us even that in this world you will have trouble. And then he goes on to tell us, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And where God gives us a course, I don't know about you, but when God gives me a course and God gives me a, a command, I've never found in my life for the enemy just to step back and let those things happen. He doesn't step back, but he very much steps up and places obstacles and, and difficulties and problems and circumstances in our path to keep us from getting to the destiny and to keep us from getting to the place that God has for us. And so if we're struggling, I shared with you last week, if you're struggling, don't be discouraged in that. Elkanah, we um, read in First Samuel last week, looking into the life of Hannah, First Samuel 1 and 2, Elkanah had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and of the other Peninnah. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. And Hannah was, is a beautiful example, like we established last week, of a person who did not give up, who did not accept her current circumstances, her current reality, because it was a reality that she did not have children, that she did not have a son. She did not accept that as all that God had for her, but she never gave up. She kept pressing. She kept going forward. We established that when we lose hope, many times we become stressed we got to know the Word of God. we got to be able to speak the Word of God. Just like that song says, you know, I won't walk by what I see or what's been spoken over me. We may, we may end up walking by what's spoke over us if we don't know the Word of God and the, and the things that He would speak that would be contrary to those words that are spoken over us. we got to know the Word of God and we got to speak the Word of God. And too many times we become stressed because we bought into a lie. And therefore, it's important to know the Word of God. And so I established last week that stress comes out of an understanding of the process of, I'm sorry, stress comes from not understanding the process of greatness. Remember I shared with you that pain was a process of that greatness and that if you ever see someone who maintains a position of greatness in the kingdom, you can guarantee that they've been through some things to get to where that they are. Because if you have a great marriage, then you understand the struggle that it took to have that great marriage. And if you have great relationships, maybe with your children, with other people in your life, you know that those just don't happen. We don't just fall into those. There was a great struggle to have what you have today. If you have a wonderful job, you've all, there's been times in your life where you didn't have a wonderful job. And if you have a wonderful ministry, then you understand the power and the pain and the things that you had to go through to have that great ministry. We have to go through some things to be great. You know, Luke tells us, to whom much is given, much is required. And so Hannah had sown seeds of sorrow. But she didn't just sow seeds of sorrow. She survived to reap a harvest of joy. Like I told you last week, don't just sow, reap. Don't just sow. Don't just labor, reap. Fight for your harvest. 
work the ground and fight for your harvest. Stick around to reap whatever it is. If you're sowing for that marriage, if you're sowing for your children, if you're sowing for your healing, for salvation of someone you love, don't just sow, reap. Stick around and reap. Our victory is relative to our struggle. And I ended last week by sharing with you that favor always comes in seed form. That you can't always see it, but it's very much there. In the life of Hannah, we would say that she didn't appear to necessarily be favored. She's barren. She's without a son. She's desperate for a son. But she was very much favored. Favored comes in seed form. And even though it did not look like Hannah was favored, regardless of how it seemed, she was very much favored. So don't misunderstand the process of greatness. Greatness comes at a great price. And even if you're in the process right now of paying that great price, know that you are very much favored. And so let me pray with you today, and then I'll begin trying to finish what I started last week. God, we thank you that, that you are faithful, that you're a trusting God. And as we sang it this morning, Lord, you... You are continuous. Lord, you have never failed us, and you won't start now. And God, whatever we entrust to you, Lord, we can know that you are secure and that you are able and you can handle any situation and any circumstance that comes our way in any way that the enemy comes against us. God, you are able. You, we lift up a standard against him in Christ Jesus. And so, God, we trust you. God, help me today as I share these thoughts that you have shared with me, God, that you have ministered to me. And, Lord, I pray that it would minister to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Looking back into 1 Samuel, beginning in um, verse 4. See, today I got past reading verse 1. I didn't have to tell you all that I can't say all those words. They're in verse 1. But verse 4, it says, And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore she, meaning Hannah, wept. And did not eat. You know, I shared with you last week that the stress comes from not understanding the process of greatness. Another place that stress comes from is expecting the wrong people to support our growth. And not even just our growth, expecting them maybe to to support our decisions or expecting them to support our path or expecting them to support our destiny. There's a stress that comes from that when we expect the wrong people to support that. Because Elkanah had given Hannah a double portion, their house is in uproar. We read about it. Panina is tormenting Hannah. There's division. There's jealousy. There's strife. And the whole house is in uproar. uproar. It's chaos. Panina means pearl. And pearls are born out of aggravation. A little piece of sand... Gets in, have you ever gotten sand, like you're at the beach and it gets in between your toes? 
It's just not a great feeling. Sand gets inside that shell and begins to aggravate the lining of that shell, and the calcium deposits wrap themselves around the sand, and a pearl emerges. A pearl is born. There are some people, please don't look at your spouse when I say this. There are some people in your life whose sole purpose for being there is to aggravate you. It's true. Not everybody's in your life because they love you. It's true. Their sole purpose is to aggravate you, but don't let that be a bad thing. Let that person frustrate you out of complacency. Let them push you out of being average. Let them push you beyond settling for less and propel you into greatness. Don't expect them to support you. Do you need their support? Do you need everybody to be on your side? If so, you're going to spend a lot of needless energy convincing people who don't want to be convinced of the destiny that God has for you. Not everybody's there because they love you. And, you know, I can just, I can see in my mind, Panina in this story, if you've ever seen the little teenage girl movie, um, Mean Girls, Panina's the mean girl. She's the leader of the mean girl pack, you know, and I can just see how um, when her babies had colic, she would pace them past Hannah's tent as they cried because Hannah didn't have babies. And Hannah would lay there and just cry and hear those babies cry. And when it was time to wash her baby's dishes or draw water for her babies, she would go when Hannah was at the well just aggravate, just get under her skin, wash her dishes in front of Hannah. And when Hannah was hanging her clothes on the line, there's Panina with all her little onesies and her I love daddy bibs. Mommy's the greatest bibs. Hanging them on the line, just aggravating, just pushing her, pushing her buttons. You have people in your life that push your buttons. Again, don't look at your spouse. They just want to get under your skin and they just aggravate. But when Panina was doing that, Hannah knew. She knew something was missing in her life. And even though she wasn't happy that Panina was pushing those buttons, it made her search. It made her realize something was missing in her life. And even though we don't like a pesky Panina, and we don't like someone who pushes all of our buttons without them, we will not go searching after what is missing in our life. Don't resent that person and don't resent their behavior. Get your eyes off of them and get your eyes off of their behavior. Go searching for what is missing in your life. What is missing in your life? I think we all have to ask that question. What am I missing? Where are the holes in my life today? God, I hurt here. God, I need you here. I'm resentful here. God, I have unforgiveness here. I'm distrusting here. And Lord, I'm barren here. I'm dead and I'm dry and I'm searching. I'm searching. And so we can't get our eyes on those people that push us and try to push our buttons. We've got to search. They push us into searching. And don't misunderstand me when I speak of searching. I'm, searching is not the enemy of contentment that we speak, took six weeks discussing about being content. Searching is not the enemy of contentment because it's where is that searching originating from? What is it lying in? What motivates your searching? Matthew 5 and 6 tells us one of the Beatitudes that blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. 
That's not a discontentment. It's a hole. It's a place I need Jesus. And it's a thing that only Jesus can fill. And so don't misunderstand and think, you know, and enough is never enough. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting, getting all that Jesus has for me and not being held back from anything that I think he has for my life. And I'm not going to get my eyes on, well, I wish I looked like her and I wish I sounded like her and I wish I dressed like her and I wish I drove what she drove and I wish I lived where she lived. I'm not going to get my eyes on those things because God has something for me. He has something for me, and he has something for each and every one of you. And so don't let those things around you. Social media is such a, I'm just telling you, if people lived the lives that their Facebook said they lived, it just didn't happen, and it's not true. I'm not going to put on Facebook. Y'all, when I wake up and I've got, I look like Rudolph because i got that thing on them, and I know that's not the selfie I'm posting on Facebook. No, I'm putting stuff all over that. You know, I'm getting the right angle so you don't actually see it. You're, you're comparing your behind the scenes. See, I know I look like Rudolph. And then I look at Lacey's picture, and she's all beautiful. And I think, I wish I was beautiful like Lacey. And I begin to compare my behind the scenes to her highlight reel. And I let that push me to a place of bitterness. But Hannah didn't do that. She didn't get her eyes on what Panina was doing. She, she didn't let that aggravation of her pacing in front of her tent let her get her eyes. She didn't try to go steal Panina's baby. She trusted God to give her the promise for herself. Search is risky and it's scary. But you have to want what's missing bad enough to let go of the comfortable to let go of where you are. You know, Pastor shared with us the analogy of the trapeze artist that as he's swinging between the ropes or whatever they swing on, not necessarily an expert, but as he's swinging and the other one's in front of him, there's a moment there where he's going to reach out to grab that next one. He has to let go of the one he's holding on to. If not, he will be ripped into two pieces, and that would not be comfortable. We have to let go. I'm secure back here. I feel comfortable, and I've got a handle on it, and I can do it. But risk, there's risk involved. But searching requires that I let go of this, and I reach out, and I apprehend, apprehend what's in front of me. We have to abandon. It's not abandoning but it's surrender. Hear that. I'm not abandoning. I'm not abandoning what I know. I'm surrendering what I know to God and trusting Him that there's more in front of me. I'm not letting go of all these people that have helped me get to this point. And I'm not saying that I'm better than or that, that they can't help me anymore. I'm just letting go. I'm letting go of where I am today because I know God wants to take me further. And like we sang today, he wants to take me deeper. He wants to do, he wants to do more. We, in this morning in our prayer, it was very much the songs that we sang that God was taking us deeper. That there was a, a, a trust in him that was required. And so I have to surrender and entrust to the hand of God. God never loses anything I entrust to him. Hear that. Any relationship you put into the hands of God, he is able to handle it. Any financial issue, any health issue, any family member, any marriage, whatever the circumstance is, anything that I entrust to the hand of God, he is very much able to take care of. 
the positions I hold, the people I love, the purposes that I'm going after, he is able to hold and take care of anything I give to him. And so we're like the shepherd who left the 99 to go after the one. People will begin to question you. I'm leaving the 99, you know, and you, you got all your little ducks in a row and they're all lined up and 96, 97, 98, 99, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Where's the one? Where is the one? And we're frantic and we're looking for the one. And people begin to question us because people who are looking are always misunderstood by people who are not. If you're looking, you can guarantee you will be misunderstood by someone who is not. And they'll say things like, can't you just be satisfied? Can't you just be satisfied? You've got 99. You need 100? Can't you just be satisfied? Why do you got to serve in that capacity at the church? You already do enough down there. Why did you volunteer to help with children? Don't you, aren't you already an usher and aren't you already a greeter and don't you already work in the welcome center? Why are you working with kids too? Can't you just be satisfied? And they begin to question us because people who are searching are always misunderstood by people who are not. They want us to be content with our 99 and they don't understand us going after our one. In 1 Samuel 1 and 8, Elkanah, we know he loves Hannah, but he's asking her the same thing. It says, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? He didn't get it. See, by Penina, Elkanah had sons and he had daughters. So he didn't understand Hannah searching. Can I just tell you, and I know that you know this, but you got to be wise who you let speak into your life. And even those with the best of intentions, those who love us, who truly love us, can talk us out of going after the promises of God and the things that he spoke to us. There's no doubt that Elkanah loved Hannah. But he's, he's saying to her, you know, Why are you searching? He doesn't understand. Why are you searching? I'm better to you. I'm giving you a double portion. I'm giving you as if, you know, he gives her the double portion. And so he's giving to Hannah as if she had an heir. So he's already, he's he's proven his love to her. We got to seek godly wisdom and counsel and pray for those who we let speak into our lives. Who we let help alter the course of our lives. Elkanah loved Hannah, and like any good husband, he was just trying to fix it. He didn't like seeing her hurt, and he just wanted to fix it. And we got to know that when, some, when we see someone in a searching position as a leader, and everyone in this place is a leader, because I can guarantee you somebody's got their eyes on you and they're watching you, you have followers. I don't care what your Twitter says, you have followers. You have followers. we got to be careful when we're speaking into the lives of those that are following us, those that are impressionable in our lives, that we're not just speaking to them from our place of fear for them, but that we get a word of God for them. And we become a support and we become a platform and and someone that supports them into the place that God has for them. 
one of our prayer points this morning was that God does not grow weary in well-doing. You know, he encourages us to not grow weary in well-doing, but he does not grow weary. And so I can trust that anything I put on his shoulders, there are times where, and I know everybody in here is like this, where maybe we're going through a lot, Pastor and I are going through a lot, and, and something comes up, and I just, I don't want to tell him. I don't want to tell him what's going on because it's like, I cannot tell you that the refrigerator just went out because we just had to put an engine in the car or whatever the case may be. And I don't want to share because I don't want to put another thing on him. And the same for him. He doesn't want to share with me because he doesn't want to put another thing on me. But God can handle whatever we put on him. His shoulders are broad. His back is big. And there is no struggle for him. He does not grow weary in well-doing. And so we want to be that same person for everybody else. That we go to God and we get a word from God for that person. And we don't discourage them in their searching. Amber, if you'll go ahead and come, please. Don't let those who aggravate you. Those pesky paninas. And don't let those, even with the best of intentions, talk you out of searching. Focus. Focus on what God has for you. Focus on the promises that he spoke over your life. Focus on where he said that he was going to heal you. Focus on where he said he was going to bring you through and bring you out. Focus on the, on the marriage that he's promised to you and the relationships and the, and the blessings that he's focused to you. Because I don't know about you, but I can't live being almost saved and almost free and almost delivered and almost favored. I've got to keep on keeping on and I've got to go through. You know, Hannah understood this principle. She understood this principle that our life is not defined by our circumstances. Your life is not defined by your circumstances. It's not defined by what's happened to you. Your life is not defined by your circumstances. Rather, it's defined by your commitment to those circumstances. Where are you going to place your focus? Am I going to place my focus on my hurt? If so, I'm going to stay in my hurt. Am I going to focus my, my, place my focus on my resentment? If so, I'm going to stay in my resentment. Am I going to focus it on my struggle, on where I'm hurting, on where I'm digging for my life? Is that where I'm going to place my focus? No. I'm not going to place my focus there. I'm going to place my focus on my God. I'm going to place my focus on his promises and the words he's spoken over my life. And I've got to get them inside of me. I've got to get them in my soul like the psalmist, thing, psalmist said. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I will focus on dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I won't focus on this pain. It's a distraction. It's nothing but a distraction. I'm going through. I'm going to search until I reach the promise. And I'm not going to get my eyes off the trail. You know, this morning, one thing that I felt like God was speaking to me and I didn't share with our prayer team was each one of us have, have a path in front of us that is just filled with obstacles. There's weeds, and there's rocks, and there's boulders, and there's, there's just trash, and there's all kinds of things on the path between us and Jesus. In this world, you will have troubles. There's all kinds of things along that path. And each one of us are faithful, and we are laboring to pick up those things and set them off the path, and pick up those things and set them off the path, because we know we have to do that to get to him. And as we do that, if we look back, we find a well-worn path. 
the path of least resistance, an easy path. And I believe God has commissioned each and every one of us to do that so that I can, well, I can wear a path for somebody behind me to walk an easy road to get to Jesus. I want to be the one who picked up the trash in the road, who picked up the rock in the road, who made it easy for someone who was hurt and who was broken, who didn't think they had anything in them to do it, who had lost their hope. And they can make it one more day because I had moved the trash for them. And I had moved the rocks for them. And I'd given him an easy path in front of him. I'm going after all he has. And I want to help as many people as I know get after all that he has for them. I'm not stopping short. I won't stop believing in the promises. I'm going to keep searching. Even if I'm misunderstood, I'm going to keep searching. Because the truth is, I'm not here for those people who misunderstand me. Now, hear me. I'm here for what God has for me. And if somebody wants to twist my motives, well, that's between them and God. But I'm going after all that he has for me. And I'm not going to let the naysayers around me and those that are questioning what I'm doing and those that are bitter because they're not deter me from my path. And I would encourage you to do the things. Get your, do the same. Get your eyes off of those around you and get your eyes on the promises of God. And as you get your eyes on the promises of God, you will find that he will illuminate you and he will drive you down a path where others can follow you. He will set you on fire. So if you'll stand with me, please, and bow your heads. God, help us. Help us not to underestimate all that you're doing in our life today. God, this pain, this situation that I'm in today, where I hurt today and the resentment and the pain, God, I submit it to you. I surrender it to your hands. God, the places where I walk in unforgiveness, God, I ask you to help me to release that to you. And to trust you, to trust you with every pain, with every wrong in my life. Because, God, I'm not going through pain just to go through pain. God, you have something great for me on the other side. God, you've made a promise to me. You've made a promise to all of us. And we're not going, going to expect everybody in our life to understand our searching we're not going to expect everybody to get in behind us. But God, we're going to hear from you. We're going to get our orders from you. And then we're going to follow after you to complete those orders. God, I'm ready to see with my eyes what you've showed me in my spirit. Pray that to him. Lord, we want to see with our eyes what you've showed us in our spirit, the promises that you've spoke over our lives. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burke Burnett, Texas. And as always,